Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up Front podcast here on Pick Swap Media. Before I introduce our special guest and we get into today's show, let me remind you of our sponsorship with the sportsdisplays.com. Sports displays are the creators of their unique product, the jersey mount, which can be installed to any service and is significantly cheaper than the hundreds of dollars it usually costs for this type of quality display. So make sure to check out the link in the bio um, in the description and use that code PICKSWAP at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. But today we are joined by a special guest and for our first show of, I think, the third season of us doing this now. Welcome back to the show, Joey Jets. How are we? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me as always. Um, congratulations. This is the first time I've been on since you joined PickSwap Media. It's fantastic. Excited to be a part of the show and, you know, bringing a little bit, you know, being a part of the team in some sense. I think that's fantastic. It's the best time of the year. It's college football season. I'm excited. Yeah, I'd say probably throughout the uh, almost three years now we've been running Beef Up Front. This is probably our most successful and, like, accurate show. Last year, Joseph and I, we only picked head-to-head, so we didn't include, like, the spread in our games, but we picked the, be- the best five games each week. That's how this show is going to work from the season. If uh, Once we get down the stretch, if there's, like, a lot of games with playoff implications or conference title talk, uh, we might include some more. But last year we went – I went 61 and 39 straight up and Joe went 62 and 38. So we were tied going into the national title game. I picked Bama. He picked Georgia. So it came down to that. So that kind of shows you uh, how successful we were last year and how good of a season we had. So hopefully we can, you know, kind of replicate that same performance this year. Yeah. And I think we only had like one or two like losing weeks. We never really were. We, I know like we had one week, I think you and I, like for conference title games, went like three and seven. But besides that, like we did pretty well. And I mean, it can't get better than, like you said, we literally came down to the last game of the season and it was a great game too. So, I mean, I think we I think we know what we're talking about. When we do the show. Yeah, so, and then this year we're going to get a little more in-depth as well. We're going to be keeping track of not only our head-to-head games, but we're going to be keeping track of our picks against the spread total we're also going to have a best bet of the week we'll be keeping track of. And then we also have our upset special, which usually we would kind of like rule it a victory if they would cover the spread. But I think this year we're just going to do uh, – they got to win that game outright. So we're looking for some some upsets this year. We, we did pick a bunch last year as well, though. So hopefully we can stay hot in that regard. Um, but we're in week zero. I'm still confused as to why it's not just called week one, but it'll never make sense to me. Um not the greatest games, but before we get into the games this week, we're going to go over a little a little big picture stuff for the year. So uh, who's your college football playoff prediction going into the season, Joe? So my playoff going uh, into the season, uh, I have Alabama as the one seed playing the four seed Clemson. I think Clemson is going to be really good this year. You know, they're going to be back from where they were. The ACC is, you know, not great. They do have a tough road game at Notre Dame, though, but I think they can lose that game. And as long as they still hold serve in the ACC, they can go 12 and one and still sneak in here. I have Ohio state at two. I mean, Ohio state's it's going to be Ohio state Bama in the national title game. My prediction, like they're just far and away the two best teams in the country. I mean, Alabama, you could have potentially the number one and number two overall picks in your team. One on offense, one on defense, Ohio state's bringing back a lot of weapons from last year's team. And at number three, I have a team in uh, the Utah Utes where a lot of people are talking about them, which kind of almost makes me nervous where it's like, you know, they have so much expectations on them this year mm-hmm. and their season is going to pretty much be defined week one, which we'll get into next week on the show. I think I would assume uh, Utah goes to Gainesville and plays the Florida Gators, which is 
going to be a great test right off the bat. We're going to see if they're legit or not. But um, like I alluded to earlier, I have Bama, Ohio State, the national title game. And I hope I'm wrong, but I have Bama winning the whole thing again. I like seeing variety, so I hope my playoff is completely wrong. I'm one of like the weird people where I would be okay if I'm not accurate in the, in these predictions. But I think this is how the season is going to unfold. I think Utah is going to be really good. USC, I think, your way. Year one under Lincoln Riley, you know, people are saying that they have a chance to, you know, be great. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be, like I said, though, like a year away from being a legit playoff and title contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got three out of the same four as you. Um, I got Ohio State at the one. Um, I'll ha- I have them playing for Georgia. I think we'll have undefeated Georgia versus undefeated Alabama in the SEC title game um, with I also have Ohio State going undefeated as well, so I, th- I think they're going to get the edge and get that number one overall because uh, I think that win against Michigan at the end of the year is going to be something that like pushes them over the top. Um, so then I got Alabama as my two, and then I'm also there with you with Utah's the three. They were crushing Ohio State last year in the Rose Bowl. People forget about that. And then I think it was like four or five of like Utah's starting defensive backs went down, and that allowed in the second half C.J. Stroud to just go nuts with all those – weapons and what we're going to be seeing this year, future first round pick receivers playing for Ohio state. And that allowed them to come back in the game, but Cameron rising, very, very good, talented quarterback, um, Kyle Whittingham, one of the better coaches. And this is a team that always plays strong defense. I, I really think Utah is has going to be a force this year and is going to win the pac 12. And then I have Ohio state knocking off Alabama in the title game. I think personally, CJ Stroud is the best player in college football right now. Um, at the quarterback position, Will Anderson from Alabama, the defensive end, is probably the best overall player. But I think when we're looking at the number one pick next year, which is either going to be, in my opinion, the Bears or the Falcons, I think C.J. Stroud's going to be that guy. He just has more size and stature to him, and I think he's better suited to last long-term in the NFL. But I feel like Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson are like the, kind of the main teams that people have in right now, and then you kind of see some other ones. Like I have, like we both have Utah. Um, I heard today on a podcast like NC State's viewed as kind of a dark horse team. Michigan's right there as well. Um, maybe one of the Big 12 teams, like if Oklahoma surprises or Baylor has another really good year. Um, it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting, but I we're definitely expecting those top dogs to, to mainly be in the picture by season's end. In terms of a sleeper team or not really a team that you think will make the playoffs, but a team that – isn't that uh, I, I can I think you can say like hyped up coming into this year that you think could come out and su- uh, surprise some people? Who would you say that is for this upcoming season? So I couldn't follow the directions. I put two teams down because I'm just real excited about both of these teams. Um, I have Kansas State and Minnesota. Um, first off, I'll start off with uh, the more the more likely of the two, in my opinion. Uh, I think Minnesota is going to be really good this year. Um, they've had a lot of success lately under PJ Fleck. They've gone 11 and two in 2019. Nine and four this past season, um, and they have a couple things going for them. Like one with the Big Ten West, it's always like kind of a joke. Um, two, they have a quarterback who feels like he's been there since 07. Um, he's just been there for so long, and you got after a while, you got to think experience is going to play out. Like you know, you see like last year with um, why am I forgetting his name? Kenny Pickett um, coming back for like another year. He had a blowout season. I think that's going to mm-hmm. happen this year. You have a running back in Mo Ibrahim who was a freak two years ago. Last year, he was having a great game against Ohio State towards Achilles week one. The Gophers were rolling against the Buckeyes. Not a lot of people remember that because it was that Thursday night season opener. Mm-hmm. They were having a great game. Then they ended up losing by 15. 
They have a really soft start this season. I think they'll be three and zero going into uh, East Lansing to play Michigan State, who's number fifteen coming into the season. I could honestly see Minnesota playing in the Big Ten title game. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State because I think Ohio State's just way too good. But I would not be surprised if we see the Gophers sitting there at like a ten and two, eleven and one mark going into conference title uh, Saturday, representing the Big Ten West. The other team I wrote down, Kansas State. They, I don't know if they're going to be as likely as Minnesota, but if the season breaks the way I, I, it could for them, they could be a dark horse team not only to win the Big 12, but potentially even make the playoff if they go, like you said, with the other Big 12 teams. They need to have a really good season. Mm-hmm. Um, Deuce Vaughn might be one of the most electric running backs in college football. I think we're also going to quickly find out if last year the problem was Nebraska or Adrian Martinez because he transferred to Kansas State. They have a great defense led by uh, Felix Anduke Uzama. I probably butchered that name, but he's Big 12 preseason defensive player of the year. Um, I think he was on All-American lists. I mean, he's great. The Kansas State defense is going to be scary. The only problem that I can see for them is that they have to go on the road against Oklahoma and Baylor, the two best teams in the Big 12. But um, they remind me a lot of last year's Oklahoma State team that was a yard away from going to the playoff. Like – if, that, if he crosses the goal line there, Oklahoma State's in the playoff, not Cincinnati. I can see a lot of that with Kansas State this year. Yeah, so looking at it right now, Minnesota's projected win total, their over-under is 7.5, so you would definitely hammer that. Um, yes. And then when you're looking at Kansas State, they're at 6.5, so you're yeah. high on both those teams. Um, my team that I have listed, their projected win total is 6, and that's Maryland. Um, looking at their schedule, they have a pretty – Nice start where I think they can get out to 3-0. And I think this is a team that just needs to find a way to get some wins and build some confidence up because the talent's there. I, and I have them going 8-4 and four this year. Um, definitely not a team that's national title contender, but this could, would be a great step in the development of the program going forward. Use this 8-4 and four year to then maybe next year spring to like a 9-3, and three, a 10-2, and two, and you continue to, continue to build and hopefully compete for a Big Ten title one day. They have been recruiting really well recently. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa is back for another year as a starter. He had some some big games, but was also very inconsistent last year. But he's a guy who, if he like like you said with Kenny Pickett, if he goes out and he has a monster year, I could see him emerging as like a first or a second round pick because the talent's there. He's just been really inconsistent in his time as a starter at Maryland. He's got some nice wide receivers to work with, uh, namely Raheem Jarrett, who could be a, a first round pick. That's a kid who's like a Maryland, uh, like a DC area. Uh, player. So if guys like him continue to like have success for this program and they win games, you're only going to see those guys from that DMV, like East Coast uh, region area, kind of go to Maryland more and, and continue to build that program up. So I think this is a really big year for them. And it's, it's in my opinion, it's put up or shut up time for head coach Mike Loxley. He was the offensive coordinator at Alabama for, for a little bit. And I think anything less than seven wins is a major disappointment, especially because he got extended this offseason through 2026. And I think he's like 13 and 30 so far. So he's getting paid a, a good amount of money. And like I said, the recruiting has been well, but the on-field results haven't been up to par with what I think they're paying him. They're paying him like $4 million a year. So this is going to be his fourth year as head coach. He has all his guys in there now. I think can't really make any more excuses. I think they're ready to take that leap, maybe pull off an upset or two. I got them going eight and four this year. I'm excited to watch this offense. Um, but with that being said, we have one more little thing to to dive into before we head into the week zero preview, and that's our uh, Heisman for the upcoming year. Who do you got there, Joe? Uh, I have C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. I just think 
with all the weapons that are coming back for Ohio State, with just the hype around them. And last year, I mean, he was the just behind Bryce Young for number two. Um, I don't think that they'll give Bryce Young uh, back-to-back Heismans just because now the voters are going to be expecting him to do even more than he did last year, which was obviously great year. I think C.J. Stroud, especially if he leads the Buckeyes back to the playoff, I think he's going to be a lock for the Heisman. Um, now, obviously, you know, God forbid he gets injured or something, you know, something can change. But I think if he stays healthy and he'll do just fine with all those weapons at Ohio State, they're going to be putting up like 50 points a game. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I like Stroud as well. He'd be my pick. If you want maybe like a little bit of a not off the radar guy, but a guy who could definitely emerge, and that's if Texas has a big year. Um, you're looking at running back B. John Robinson, the best running back in the country. If Texas emerges and their offense kind of sparks and they win like nine or ten games, he could definitely, uh, I think, contend for that Heisman Trophy this year because they're talking about him like a surefire first-round pick, a very talented guy. If Sark's offense finally you know, translates from what it was at Alabama, you got Quinn Ewers in there, the really talented quarterback as well, could uh, bring some more out of B. John Robinson's game. That's a guy I would watch out for, but my pick would be Stroud as well. You got Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver. You got Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Julian Fleming. You got a lot of really talented guys who are probably going to be high NFL draft picks in the near future playing for Ohio State. So I'm rolling with Stroud as well, but watch out for B. John Robinson. Oh, now with all the preseason talk, the preseason coverage out of the way, we're, we're here week zero, first game of the season, the most exciting game of the year, probably the best game of the year on the calendar. We got Austin P at Western Kentucky. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network on Saturday. Um, there's no spread or total available, so we'll disregard that one because I think it's because they're playing an FCS opponent. I don't know if they'll have one. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this game, Joe? Uh, I have Western Kentucky winning this game 38-21. Um, first game to, it's the first game to kick off the season. I'm so excited. I mean, it feels like it's been forever since we've had football. Like the national title game feels like it was decades ago. It was only, you know, back in January. Um, and it's also going to be a really interesting game to watch. Last year, Western Kentucky won the Conference USA. Or no, they runner up to UTSA. I'm sorry. They won their division, but Bailey Zappi broke Joe Burrow's record for touchdown passes this season. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position um, with him leaving. You know, year one after you have a star like that, it's always kind of a question mark season. At the end of the day, though, I can't pick an FCS team to win this game. I think Western Kentucky is just going to be a little bit too much. They've become one of the more consistent programs in Conference USA. I think they'll show that, and I think we're going to be seeing them at the end of the season being back in the mix again. Yeah, I'm rolling with Western Kentucky, too, in this one. Uh, this is a, a matchup that you know not, not many people are really going to know that much about the, the governors of Austin Peay. But I got Western Kentucky winning this one 33-10. Uh, but like you said, Joe, first game of the season, I don't really care who it is. It'll be cool to see some competitive football. We've been watching some NFL preseason, but this is where you know it really counts and teams – Teams' records matter. So, like you said, Joe, though, runner-up in the CUSA last year, an impressive year. But losing Zappy, that's definitely going to be a difference. It's a high-powered offensive system that looks to really throw the ball all around the yard. Um, the quarterback situation is interesting. I was reading into it. Jarrett Doge, the former quarterback at West Virginia, was slated to be the starter. Then he transferred like two weeks ago, and now he's at Troy. So don't really know what happened there. Um, the, the quarterback position is in question. But I think you still got to take the Hilltoppers over FCS, Austin P. no matter what. Probably like them to win by double digits, too, thanks to that high power offensive attack. Austin P's probably never seen like this up-tempo kind of style like this, like air raid stuff. So um, definitely give me Western Kentucky there in our first game of the year. Second game, the 
probably the best game on the schedule for week one, the one I'm looking for, or week zero, excuse me, that I'm looking forward to the most. That's Nebraska at Northwestern, two Big Ten teams kicking off their season, 12.30 p.m. on Fox Eastern time. But this game's out in Dublin, Ireland, so that's a, a really cool kind of setting to kick off the season. Um, Nebraska is a 12-point favorite going into this one with the total at 50-and-a-half. Um, I have Nebraska winning this game 28 to 10. So for the spread and uh, over under, I'm taking Nebraska minus 12 and uh, under 50 and a half. This pick is just purely because it's a do or die type of season for the Huskers. I mean, and also Northwestern just has a chance to be absolutely putrid this year. Like Northwestern be like, there's bad, then there's like really, really bad. They could be terrible potentially this year. It still baffles me, though. Like, in the past four seasons of you and me being at school, they've won the Big Ten West twice mm-hmm. in the in the past four years. They finished last or two seasons ago in COVID year 2020. They were 10th at one point before they lost Michigan State. They were a playoff contender. Like, it's just <laughs> really weird to me. The COVID year was nuts. That's just crazy to me. They had a bad, terrible season last year. I don't think it's going to be any better. Um, the Brass, again, Casey Thompson from Texas is big. And also they have a chance nationally televised game. I think it's the only one of these games on like one of the major networks, you know, mm-hmm. 1230, a lot of people are going to be watching. It's the first real like power five versus power five conference matchup game. We're going to be getting. Um, so I think they're gonna, this is going to be Nebraska's chance to kind of put America on notice. One thing with Northwestern though, they'll find a way to make it ugly. Um, I could see Nebraska being like ahead comfortably the entire game, but not really like, blowing it wide open. That's why I have like such a low scoring game. That being said though, if they let them hang around for too long, we could have another mishap like last year with their loss in week zero at Illinois. Yeah. Northwestern is one of those programs where they're kind of in like the weird situation. Cause they're like such like a hard academic school. They usually get guys to, you know, stay around the program. And then Pat Fitzgerald is such a good coach where he builds them up. He develops them into a good team. And then every three or four years, they will have a really good season. Um, I don't think that's coming this year. And I think Nebraska starts off the season hot with a 30 to 14 win over uh, Northwestern here. And I got, so I got Nebraska minus 12 in the under 50 and a half real cool game though. Like I said, out being out in Ireland, Nebraska is projected to finish fifth out of seventh and Northwestern is projected to finish last in the big Ten West this year. So two teams near the bottom, um, Scott Frost, Frost, I think is one of the five coaches at these power five schools that is on the hottest seat coming into the year. Um, only went three and nine last year, but some people are calling them like the best three and nine team ever just because of all the tight games that they were in. Um, Casey Thompson takes over at QB for the Huskers after transferring from Texas, where he was pretty productive, but inconsistent. That's kind of what led him out of there. I think he's going to give this offense a boost from years past under Martinez. And Nebraska has just been horrible in close games under Frost. That's been like the biggest bugaboo under his era. Um, it's either a big win, it seems like, or a loss by less than a score. So, I think if you think Nebraska is going to win this game, they have to cover that 12. So I think I think Northwestern is going to be in for a rough year, and that begins in week one here with our week zero with Nebraska, uh, winning by at least two scores and getting the year started off right. So give me Nebraska minus the 12 and under 50 and a half. Um, now we have our first special call-in of the year. Um, we have Kevin from Willow Grove calling in. He'll be doing this from time to time on the season when he really likes a game, and he's been talking this one up all offseason. That's UConn at Utah State. Four o'clock on FS1. Utah State comes in at us a minus 27 and a half point favorite with the over under of 60 and a half. So, Kevin, welcome back to the show and let's hear your, your thoughts. Kevin, are you there? Hey, sorry. First time, long time. Long time. I was on mute. Um, I am stoked for the UConn 
Utah State game had scheduled on my calendar for the past six months. Game of the year, in my opinion, for week zero. Uh, but there's a few bets I love this week in this game. Uh, it's a new era in UConn under Jim Mora. Uh, oh. I think the I think the Huskies will be able to hold it hold it close for the first half. I'm taking first half plus fourteen. Um, but then in the second half, there's big question marks if they'll cross the uh, fifty yard mark. So I'll take the full game under sixty. Uh, I just I just don't think they'll be able to hang on the long term. I think the game will start out slow, stay slow. Um, I think UConn will be able to stick in it for the uh, the first half, but then they'll get taken away. All right, Kevin, thanks for your input. Um, we'll, we'll hear what Joe has to say about this game next, but we look forward to hearing from you soon. Sounds good. Talk to you next week. Thoughts on that, Joseph? UConn plus 14 first half added to my card. Um, he really fired me up with that. Um, that being said, though, I have Utah State winning this game 55-17. to 17. <laughs> um, You know, living in Connecticut, you know, being here my whole life, I'm a Notre Dame fan, like, in terms of college football, like, that's my first team. Just because UConn has been so, like, irrelevant is almost like a compliment. And I wish they weren't. Like, 2010, when they made it to the Fiesta Bowl, was awesome. Oklahoma smoked them, but it was still cool. Like, oh, look at what could be built at UConn. And then Edsel bolted, and then UConn absolutely fell off a cliff. Um, you know, I think their ceiling this year is three and nine. I'm going to go on a little UConn rant right here. I do a lot of analysis when I roll all this down. I just kind of went on a rant about UConn. Um, Utah State really quick. I think they're going to be really good. I can see them going 11 and one, 10 and two. There was an article that came out a couple months ago. They were getting national title like bet picks. I don't know why they play Alabama the following week. I guess betters are thinking, oh, if they upset Alabama, who knows? Which I mean, kind of makes sense. But that being said, UConn's ceiling is three and nine, and that's beating an FCS school and the two worst programs in the FBS, not named UConn, and UMass and FIU are also on their schedule. I, I just want to see UConn at least compete for bowl games. Like that would be cool to see them just be like in bowl games every once in a while. They've been so relevant since 2010. It's it's comical how bad they've been. You know, I hope Jim Moore can turn the program around. I hate that UConn is deciding to go independent. Like, you're not Notre Dame, you're not BYU. You, you, you're signing up to be a punching bag for all these big schools to pay you a million dollars to just kick the crap out of you. Like, have some pride, even if it means joining the Conference USA, which is funny to say have some pride and then join that conference. But, like, be in a conference, you can at least get some conference games, get some money from a conference. You're good in the Big East for all our sports. Figure out football. Don't be independent because you're not going to be a UConn all that rant, Utah State is going to blow them out. Utah State minus 27 and a half over Yeah, so I'm also rolling with UConn, or excuse me, Utah State here. 45-10 over UConn. Uh, this is my best bet, actually. I love Utah State minus 27 and a half here and the under 60 and a half. So my best bet, though, is that Utah State minus, minus 27 and a half for the week. So note that down. First game of the Jim Mora era. Jim Moore Jr. era for the for the Huskies. So I like the hire. I think it's a bit out of the box, which nothing has been working for UConn recently since Edsel left the first time, like you were saying, Joe. So you might as well try something different. But this just feels like one of those like kind of unconventional hires where it's like a big name where you know he coached the Falcons before. He coached UCLA. Now he was out of the game for a little bit. He wants to get back in and goes to UConn. I just don't really see how this works out. Maybe they can surprise. Maybe he can recruit well, but 
it's really hard getting players to go to UConn right now. Um, I think he should be able to at least make them serviceable, competitive. When I say that, I'm talking like four or five wins. Like you said, maybe compete for bowl games. But more than like six wins a year, I just don't really see it, um, especially not this year, especially with Penn State transfer quarterback Ty- Tyquan Robertson at, at the helm. That game against Iowa last year that he came in was some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. I'm sure he would do – 10 times million more better than I've ever, I would ever do on a division one football field, but that was ugly. We'll see if he can improve his play at UConn this year. Um, but Utah state projected finished third in the mountain division, the mountain West conference and are still minus 27 and a half point favorites. It's not like they were the projected number one team in the conference, like supposed to go like 11 and one or something. This team is probably going to wind up like eight and four and Utah state's still 27 and a half point favorites over UConn. That kind of tells you all you need to know about this matchup. So, Without knowing all too much about either team, as we haven't seen them play this year, that's enough for me to take Aggies minus 27 and a half. And like I said, my best bet of the week. So I'm going to take Utah State with the spread um, and then under 60 and a half as well. Uh, Fourth game on the slate for the week, we got Wyoming at Illinois. So pretty interesting matchup uh, to start off the year. Illinois and Nebraska. I'm not sure if that was like a Big Ten, like media deal thing that they both play week zero back to back years or something. Um, but that's a four o'clock game on Big Ten Network. Illinois comes in as a ten-point favorite with the over/under at forty-four. So I have Illinois winning this game twenty-four to ten. Uh, Illinois minus ten. I'm taking the under of uh, forty-four. Not really a whole lot to say about this game. I mean, spread-wise, I think it's the second best game of the week. But in my opinion, this like this game is just like ugly, like to read out loud. Like Illinois, Wyoming, ugly color. Like, it feels like a six versus eleven in the NCAA tournament or something. Yes, that, that's a great way to put it. If this was March Madness, I would be like, "Let's roll." But or this feels like my year one of I'm doing a dynasty with Wyoming, and I'm like, "Oh, let me play a Big Ten team." Yeah, like it just feels weird. But also, like that's what I love about Week Zero. We'll get into the weirdest game of all time next. But um, I think Illinois is just gonna make this ugly. Like Bielema teams, you know, always do play Bielema, play Bielema ball. Um, I think Illinois is a year away from being a year away. I think they'll, you know, make this game sloppy. They're going to win it ugly. They're going to make uh, Wyoming work for every damn yard. I think they're going to just grind it out. I think it's going to be the difference. I, I'm calling my shot now. I'm seeing a defensive touchdown, whether it's a pick six or a scoop and score for Illinois. And I think it's going to be one of those games too, like I was saying earlier with the Nebraska-Northwestern game. They're going to win it comfortably but it's only going to be like a 14-point margin of victory. Like mm-hmm. Wyoming it really is never going to be in the game, but they're going to like score late and be like, oh, well, if this happens, this happens. But give me the Illini uh, winning comfortably at home. Yeah, so Joe's got Illinois minus 10 there and under 44. I'm taking Illinois 21, Wyoming 13. So I got Wyoming plus 10 uh, with the under 44. Just an interesting stat I looked up from earlier. Last year, four out of the five games in week zero went under. Um, I like a bunch of the unders this, this uh, year as well in week zero just because I feel like offenses kind of need to take some time to get into their groove. So we both got a few unders in our plays. I got all the games actually going under. Uh, but Josh Allen's not trotting out there for Wyoming, and they're projected to finish fifth in the Mountain Division of the Mountain West this year. So that gives me enough reason for to take Illinois to win this uh, one in year two of Brett Bielema. They are Illinois is nine and one in their last 10 season opener, including last year's surprising win over Nebraska. So shout out to 
our buddy Ben for that that stat. That's a good one, um, showing that you know Illinois can can kind of start out the season strong because they usually schedule you know a team like like Wyoming. So, um, but this Illinois team got a lot better as the year went on last year. They finished five and seven. I think they were projected to only win like three games. They beat Penn State in that like nine overtime game. They beat Minnesota, who had a pretty solid season last year. And they had a tough battle against Iowa, where I think they wound up losing by like nine. But Iowa was a very, very solid team last year. Projected to finish sixth in the Big Ten West this year. If things shake right, I could see them getting around seven wins and competing for that third or fourth spot in the conference. Um, but like you were saying with Bielema Ball, we know Brett Bielema, everywhere he's been, he wants to play low score in football run the ball, win with defense, and that's, that's what I think they're going to do here. That's why I like the under here about Wyoming to cover as well and keep it close to the end because Illinois is not trotting out some air raid attack that's going to let them you know, get out to some big leads. So the, Illinois also starting out a, a new quarterback this year for the first time. I, his name escapes me right now, uh, but I think that will take a little bit of an adjustment period as well there. So give me uh, Wyoming plus 10 and under 44 there. And then for our last game of the week, before we get into uh, your upset special as well, um, and the best bet, I uh, I scheduled for our last game. There was a few to choose from, but I went with the most random matchup I think we might get all year, and that's Vanderbilt at Hawaii, ten thirty on CBS Sports Network. Vandy comes in as a six and a half point favorite. Over under is fifty five. Um, I mean, this game is just going to be great to watch, like at a bar, and just gamble at like midnight. When you've lost all your money and you're going to try to make it back on the Hawaii game, that's awesome. Um, I have Vandy winning this game 31 28, so I am taking Hawaii plus six and a half, but I'm taking the over of 55. I'm going to try to do the best I can to mix up my picks from Coil. Uh, week zero is kind of tough because there aren't exactly a lot of marquee matchups for week So I know, you know, it's kind of boring, but I'm going to do the best I can to mix up some picks throughout the season so we have some variety. But, um, the first thing I have, have some damn pride, Vanderbilt. Like, you're you're you are the laughing stock of the Power Five. You're in the best conference in football, but you're a joke. You are in one of the best cities in the country in Nashville, and you can't even like embrace the SEC culture. When Georgia played at you guys a couple of years ago, it was like 95% Georgia fans. They showed over and shot of the stadium, and the stadium was all red. It was crazy. This game is going to be an ugly game. It's like a high-scoring ugly game. There's going to be a lot of turnovers. Leading the shorter fields, which is going to lead to more points, in my opinion. I think Vandy's going to hit a game-winning field goal, and Vandy's going to act like they won the Super Bowl. They're playing this game, fun fact, in a track stadium that holds, I think, 9,300 people is the official listing because Aloha Stadium had to be condemned and is being torn down because, like, the ocean air, like, made all the metal rusty and it's, like, collapsing. So just even better to this game, they're playing in a track stadium. Um. I think, you know, like I said, I need to make at least one pick, you know, against you, kind of spoiling your pick. I apologize. But um, I, I just don't really feel confident on a team that needed a game-winning field goal to beat UConn at home last year. <laughs> um, that's why this is my one pick. I'm like, ooh, I don't know, because I was thinking about Hawaii at home too. But uh, never never forget at SEC Media Days, Coach Clark Lee said that uh, one day we'll see Vandy will be the best team in the country. That's not me making up that quote. He actually said that. So, you know what? All right, Vandy. You know, because no other SEC team will ever go to Hawaii. This is going to be the biggest Hawaii home game in the history of their football program. They're having an SEC team come out to the islands, which I don't think has ever happened. I could be wrong. But, I mean, this is going to be like Hawaii's Super Bowl. So, go have some damn pride and win a game on the road. Yeah. Um, 
I think last year they played UCLA, but it might have been at UCLA. So they usually get like one like big opponent, but you know, like you said, never traveling all the way out there. Um, I got Hawaii 27, Vandy 23. This is my upset special of the week as well. Um, Hawaii plus six and a half and the under 55. Um, I think I just saw before we came on, Hawaii is 11 and one against the spread in their last 12 season openers. So that's a nice little trend there. This game's awesome. Nothing says the return to college football more than Vanderbilt traveling to Hawaii. Um, can Vandy get out of the basement of the SEC? Winning this game, I think, could be a step like just in the right direction just to get some positive momentum going, give like the kids some confidence. Because like I was saying with you, Conley, if you're just constantly getting beat up week after week, like you have no confidence, you have no real desire to go out to practice or go lift those weights, it, it, just, it just sucks. So you, you really want to start the season off on the right foot with just getting a win. And especially on that that flight home, that's a rough flight home as well. Literally half Yeah, so um, winning this game could be a nice step in the in the right direction, but I don't think that's going to happen. They're projected to finish last in the SEC East, and I I was looking up to see if I could notify some players. They don't have a single member on the first, second, or third team in the preseason poll on offense, defense, or special teams. So I don't I don't really know how you are competitive with that um so maybe there's not much room for optimism hawaii's projected to finish last in the mountain west division as well so might not be a great year for the fans of the rainbow warriors this game just made me crack up uh with all that negativity i'm spewing out i'm gonna take hawaii at home here let's get nuts take the upset uh take them out right on the money line like the under in this one a lot though i think this this game could be ugly so hawaii plus six and a half and under 55 uh, I will say I will be hammering Hawaii plus six and a half with you. I think it's going to be electric. I yeah. can't wait. Um, now I'm going to get into my best bet of the week. I'm going to do the best I can to pick games that we haven't already talked about, just so we can talk about more games. Uh, Florida Atlantic at home, minus seven against Charlotte. Charlotte University is not that great. It's a Conference USA matchup in week zero, which is cool to see. You know, you're having these you know interconference matchups to start off the season. Um FAU coached by our guy, uh, Willie Taggart Coyle. You know, we're, we're big fans of his. You know, he's done so much to deserve all of the head coaching jobs he's gotten. Um, but all jokes aside, I mean, last year they started out pretty good. That FAU was 5-3, and three, you know, 3-1 three and one in the conference. Then they just fell off, lost their last uh, – they lost out for the rest of the season. They finished 5-7. and seven. It's classic Taggart. Lost it is. Five and seven. That's a man who's done so little but gotten so many opportunities – I can yeah. talk about him for hours. I don't want to get all riled up. Um, that being said, though, FAU at home uh, by a touchdown. I can see it happening. Charlotte hasn't really been great since moving up to FBS a couple of years ago. I think actually they started right in FBS. They like added a football program. But um, that being said, giving the Owls minus seven. Yeah, and my best bet as we talked about earlier, Utah State minus twenty-seven and a half. And then for our upset special, I just kind of talked all about that with Hawaii over Vanderbilt. Uh, it's a great one. So who's your – for our upset special, just, just to remind you, is the team that you think will win outright who's an underdog. So um, – and we're not picking like three-point underdogs. We're picking like six or more most most of the times we do this. So, Joe, who's, who's your pick for that this week? So same thing with the upset special. I'm going to try to pick a team that I have we haven't already talked about unless I'm all in on them. Um, so I was like, you know what? I Let me pick Idaho State over UNLV. FCS over FBS. UNLV, I feel like my entire life has been terrible. 
Like they've never had a great season. They haven't been good. I saw that their coach is on the hot seat. I didn't even know why. I was just scrolling through. It was like one of those random college football pages. It was like, oh, he did, you know, UNLV head coach. I don't even know the guy's name. Um, so I'm talking about him like he's a generic coach and he's still has football. Odeon Lightning. Yeah. Give me the uh, Idaho State Bengals making the trip down to Vegas, having a great weekend to start off the year. Because like you said, you know, losing that opening game sucks. But especially when it's week zero and the rest of the country hasn't even started and you're, you're already behind the eight ball starting at 0-1. You know, it's not where you want to be at. So uh, give me the Bengals. Why not? Let's get crazy. All right. So that'll do it for our week zero show with as well as our little preseason bit at the beginning. Um, it was good to – be back chopping it up with some college football and then we'll kind of recap uh next week at the, at the beginning of the show how we did straight up against the spread um the total our upset pick and as, as well as our best bet and then we'll get into breaking down the week one games i already got the five games listed out so a lot of good ones we got ohio state notre dame uh pitt west virginia to kick us off on thursday night so a bunch of good games next week anything else though joe before we head out well, let's get into it. I'm I, I'm so excited. There's not like words can't even describe. This is not the appetite. This is like when you go to a restaurant and like they leave the bread on the table. This is what week zero is. The appetizer to the football season is that Thursday before yep. Labor Day. This is like the bread. I'm going to fill up on the bread like I normally do. I love it. Let's get into it. I can't wait. All right. Sounds good. We will talk next week.